Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron mindset when you stepped in the batter's box go yard i'm in i'm a pitcher why not stay as hard as i can i got nothing to lose it's nothing to bit man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle instead of saying why me they're saying this is what he want me to do and uh cleveland this is for you the way we approach the game the same way we approach life you do the right thing you make the right play you make the right play and in life it's the same thing what do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me, my Atlanta Hawks fly-through edition featuring the Hoopers, Fresh and John. Definitely excited to have these guys back on the show and definitely looking forward to some more collaborations talking about our Atlanta Hawks. Just wanted to give everyone a heads up and a disclaimer that we recorded this one live, so bear with us through any technical difficulties. But again, was definitely excited to have these guys on the show. We talked about our Atlanta Hawks start in their first 20 games, did a progress report on some of our top players. Also looked ahead to some future games, and you know we had to hit on courtside Karen. So hope you guys listen up and enjoy. What's going on? What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlanta Hawks Fly Through, part of the What the Game Means uh, to Me podcast. Today, of course, got my guys with me, the Hoopers Pod, Fresh and John. How you guys doing today? Good, man. What's going on, man? Yeah, it was uh we just said it before we got on, but it was about it was, we were about due for another one of these. Uh they 20 games in. I think last time we did one, uh, they they had just hit the seven mark. So uh definitely right. glad I could have you guys on again tonight with me. Talk a little bit of Hawks basketball and then just you know the NBA scope as a whole. You know, first things first, before we even um you know get into the Hawks and everything that you know they've gone through these these uh, first 20 games of the year. We got a hit on last night. King was in town. It was the first day, uh, as we said, of Black History Month. First day, <laughs> Philip uh, State Farm Arena now has uh, let in fans, and uh, you know, just we just we went off with a bang. We started off with a bang this uh, this first uh, day of the uh, Black History Month, and um, we uh, we had us one at uh, State Farm Arena last night. So of course, I got to play the video. Um, I'm pretty sure most people already know what what, what went down, but um you know lebron james got into it with the quote unquote we've we've named her courtside karen i think twitter and uh everybody on social media is uh pretty much come to the conclusion that's the best name for her at the moment so um i guess initial while we're watching there's just initial thoughts and reactions when y'all saw it i didn't actually didn't see it live i got to or i had to see it you know espn sent me a notification bleacher report sent me a notification i just get notifications from everywhere so uh, i guess just initial reactions that y'all thought when y'all first, you know, seen her talking. My first reaction was, I can't believe that they're letting fans sit courtside. That's kind of close. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh when you see it uh like she you can see her pointing and everything i'm like oh she clearly is upset about something mm -hmm. so it was just funny uh yeah, I, I thought of the meme with the lady and the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and the sportscaster said it too. It's crazy. He was quick with it. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, like, she reminds me of that lady uh, that be pointing at the cat. You can say it. It was like he uh, she checks the vibe marks or whatever. I was shocked they were courtside though. I didn't know we were letting them sit that close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. When I saw it too, when I saw the the, the notification, it was like. Um, fan gets it or LeBron gets it with a courtside fan. I was like, courtside, like, I thought there would be like at least 10 rows back, something like that, like right. to be that close. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that, so you know, um, yeah, for me, <laughs> I was mad about the after part. I don't know if y'all seen you know some of it or not, like what she was saying, like on Twitter and all that, but she was really acting like you know, LeBron and uh. You know, LeBron and the guys was really like stunting her and, and, and her husband. Like she right. made up all this crazy, crazy stuff. Like, you know, he said, you know, called her a B word, told her to sit, you know, her A down. It was like going back and forth. Like they was having a real fight conversation. Like and I'm right. looking like LeBron ain't even really talking to her. Like he really right. just in the middle of the court, like, you know, kind of mumbling stuff to himself and like the players around her. But he ain't really saying much to her. So I don't know where she got this, you know, story of hers from. But, right. and, you know. Uh, I saw after the game, LeBron said he didn't even think, uh, you know, they said enough to get thrown out the game. So clearly she yeah. was like super mad yeah. and he just wasn't, he wasn't bothering. <laughs> yeah. She, she, I guess that was just, I think Steven said it in the, um, in the chat, he was like, uh, this man, I guess, is, I don't know if he's hated LeBron since 2017 or been trying to get tickets court size since 2017. Say something to him. Yeah. So it was just, I guess the moment of time, they probably talked about it before, like, Hey, we finna go in here. If LeBron even come closer, even whispers one thing close to us, we're gonna we're gonna go off and say something. Clear, she talking right. about she she defending her husband or whatever the case may be. It just foolishness to me. And the, but the other thing that was funny, I, I don't know if uh, y'all seen it or not, but um, social media was going in on her age. She kept, you know, how she said she was twenty five. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there's no way she for like while I'm like because my girlfriend actually showed me the video when I got home of you know her talking and stuff. I said. She like forty, and she going and then like literally right after she said twenty five. I was like, no, hell no, he's lying, tripping. You know, yeah, exactly. Like I said, just another another fan. We we've seen this time and time again and before, but um, I guess it's the the first one. I guess we've seen this year. Um, you know, being that most teams aren't letting fans in, and, and for it to happen on the first night that State Farm list there's in, right. unfortunate. It wasn't the way I was trying to wake up and see my Hawks in the news. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I guess it is what it is. But uh, to move on from her, and I forgot. Yeah, we, we both just said the little cat memes. <laughs> People be so creative. Quick, right? That should be the face of the background. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So creative and quick. Um, but I guess to talk a little bit about the game last night. You know, in an actual game, what went on on, um, you know, between the lines and everything. What uh was your guys' initial reaction? And um, how did you guys think? How did you guys think the guys fared? Uh, against the defending champs last night. Uh, man, I want to say I started when I was game first came on. It came out real sloppy. Like mm -hmm. Trey was throwing just the worst passes ever. He wasn't. <laughs> of course, he was trying his foul baiting, and they weren't giving him the foul. So yeah, it's a lot of turnovers, bad shots. They eventually got into it. You know how offenses work. You hit a couple shots, you get some layups, you get into the game. 
then in the fourth quarter, they just imploded for whatever reason. They just couldn't get a stop, first and foremost. Yeah. And then when you can't get a stop and you can't make a shot, which is how we kind of figured the season would go this year. Mm-hmm. He should have got run those some more minutes. I think that would have helped a lot. Yeah. Like just keep the offense flowing, the good defensive play. He could have had Rondo and Trey out there. I just think letting him go on a 16 no run. And yeah, exactly. That 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 killed them. Yeah. That killed them. anything right. they could have tried. Yeah, and I agree with your point, like but with the sloppy passes and everything early. Uh and to your point, you say high turnover. I think Trey finished for like seven turnovers. Ooh. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, and since last night. So okay. I mean that's <laughs> right. That, that's a good number. Uh, two to one. <laughs> right. But uh, <laughs> You know, we've seen the Hawks this season. They kind of get up for the uh, uh, for the really good team. So maybe early in the game, just kind of trying too much to, yeah. to establish themselves in the game. Um, and then, like you said, I agree with playing Rondo more down the stretch. Um, let him add that veteran leadership to kind of help you get a bucket, even if it's not him. Maybe directing somebody right. to get it or whatever. Like you said, that sixteen on Ryan. I mean, that'll kill, <laughs> that'll kill anybody. But yeah, that definitely put it away. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I agree, Rondo. I, I would like to see Rondo a little more in the fourth quarter, but just being able to get a stop in, I guess, uh, you know, without DeAndre yeah, Hunter, yeah, Hunter was um, and you say the Hawks need a bucket, you know, Trey, as we all know, is a bucket, but he is undersized. So that, that kind of shows maybe a glaring, you know, issue that the Hawks maybe need to address when you need to get a point, having somebody else to, there to throw the ball to yeah. or whatever, yeah. especially mm-hmm. they like Dre or Hunter was getting into that uh without him right now you know you're missing that area so yeah he definitely would uh proved big for us last night and we're definitely gonna talk a little bit more um about deandre hunter and uh, his knee issue later but yeah for me i um i really caught more more so like third quarter and in, in fourth quarter like you said that 16 on run pretty much killed us and destroyed us but the thing i liked uh i guess down the stretch how they fought back because when yeah. the um when the lakers got up got up 10 i think it was like 96 to 86 something like that that's when I thought the game was done. It was still what three, four minutes left. But I was like, "Yeah, it's over." Because I think LeBron had, um, I think he made like a timely bucket. Then got fouled. Went to the to the free throw line. I think it was right after we got the tech. Somebody got the tech. I think Trey or somebody got the tech. Um, they made the the technical free throw shot, and then they got the ball, and they ended up going up ten. But they fought back hard. I think cut it within one. I think it was ninety eight, ninety seven. Yeah. Um, Threw another bad pass. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and pretty much from there, like you just said, down the stretch, it was just turnovers because I think they tried to inbound the ball um, and then made a bad pass, like you said, got stolen. Yeah. And, uh, and then I think it was an outlet to LeBron. He made the lay. Yep, and then, yep. you know, pretty much they just they just closed out the game from there. Yep. So, yeah. like you said, I think uh, playing Rondo a little bit down the stretch would have definitely um, – because you might have took the ball out of Trey's hand. It would have limited some of the turnovers. And then also – I guess just like obviously he just came from that team like maybe you know right. just just being in that situation knowing what like what play they may run down the stretch like what they're trying to do you know to close out the game whatever the case may be so having Rondo in, in at that you know moment probably would have done them a little bit better but like you guys said they do get up for um the big games which is you know great to see but I guess it's just that last part having to learn how to finish the games um that right. they definitely got to work on um as the season progresses so I guess moving on of course, uh, like I said, we've, we've gone through our first 20 games of the year. So I got an old graphic, obviously, with the last game last night. They got a loss, so we're at 500 at 10 and 10, um, but we're still sixth in the East. So I guess looking at this graphic, 
um is other teams obviously that, that have you know moved around a little bit but looking at this graphic is this where you kind of expected after 20 games for uh for this team to be you know pretty much at 500 six in the uh east or did you expect a, you know a little bit better record or a little bit worse right I, I would say i expect i mean i would say i expected them to be a little bit better but they're in the range you know with pretty much everyone else it's been kind of a weird mm-hmm. season where teams the top teams like the Lakers, Utah, Clippers have pulled away, but everyone else is like playing around 500. Uh, yeah. other than, you know, you got Philly, but even like the Nets, the Nets went on a little streak, but they were playing around 500 for a while. So they, the Hawks for me are about where I expected them to succeed in the playoffs. Now, I don't think they're fighting to be in the playoffs. I think they're fighting to, you know, maybe get a higher seed. I think we all are pretty confident that they're going to make the playoffs. So um, I, I like, I like where they are. Uh, like I say, ten and ten and ten, five hundred, and I think they're a little bit better than five hundred. So I think they can reel off a couple. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely would. Kind of where I thought they would be, like that fifth, sixth, seventh range. Right. Um, like they've been up so up. They've been like one of those teams that's been real up and down. Like when they get hot, they're hot. But then you might lose a couple. So that kind of explains the ten and ten record. Because I do believe they're better than. A ten and ten record, but at the same time, this is such a weird season too. Again, with it being a shorter season, you know that ten and ten record could realistically be closer to a fifteen and ten record in a normal set in normal season. And especially then you throw still with a lot of injuries, Bogdan being out, um, Mm -hmm. DeAndre Hunter, Chris Dunn still hasn't played a game, Um, Ricky still hasn't played yet. So I think you know injuries aside, they're about where they should be at ten and ten. Six place. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty like you said, like both of you guys are saying, I think 10 is kind of where I didn't know if I expected them to be there, but you know, it's a solid start. Um, for the you just said the crazy season that we're having. We've been, I don't know, well, I think besides you know, a few other teams I've been, you know, dealing with COVID and injured players, but I think we have to be one of the top teams that have been, you know, just decimated by injuries because Gallo missed a bunch of time, like you said, right. uh big O. Just started playing, maybe been at least probably two, three games in. Um, Chris Dunn hasn't played a game. Rondo, you know, has been hurt a little bit, but also, you know, of course, uh, you know, just sitting out veteran, veteran rest days, whatever the case may be. Clint's been a little banged up, even though he's toughed it out and played most of the games. Um, and I, we just talked about DeAndre Hunter, and like we're going to talk about DeAndre Hunter's knee, still has to get uh, examined to see if there's a uh, little bit more structural damage, but um. Yeah, it's like every every and then Bogdan. Why well, can I forget? Um, you know, one of our two big signings this year. So, yeah, for what's going on, um, you know, and so many injuries, I feel like you know, ten games is solid. And then also, they did go on a little bit of a slide. Um, you know, we lost. I think the last time we talked, we was telling them, yeah, they can't lose. Um, those two Hornet games back to back. They lost yeah. both those games. Um, <laughs> but they beat them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they beat. Yep. Uh, Thanks to uh, what's called everybody being out, they had to play oh, yeah. near their G League guys. But um, yeah, they they lost game like you know like those games, and then you know took a little bit of slide and hit. Uh, I think on the road they've lost to Milwaukee. They lost to trail the Trailblazers. They weren't able to close that one out. They lost to um, Utah. They weren't able to really hang around in that game as well. So it's been a lot of good teams that they they've lost to in at shorthand. So. I kind of like you guys are saying. I kind of expect them to be kind of where they are, and as we get healthy, 
um, and hopefully continue to build some type of chemistry. Another thing is, too, they haven't really been able to practice. I keep hearing, you know, coaches and players and um, media guys just saying, like, they really haven't had time to practice. Like, the, you know, I forgot when it was, maybe a week or two ago, but the last time they really, really got to practice, I think it was when their game got canceled at um, in Phoenix when Thanks. they were supposed to play. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, unfortunate, but, you know, I guess, like I said, with the weird COVID season and everything that's going on, especially with this team, mainly us being – with injuries, I think, you know, 10-10 is solid. Six, six seed right now is solid and definitely can, you know, continue to – I mean, looking to move up, honestly. Like you're saying, a lot of these teams are playing around 500. Like you said, we're at 10-10 right now. You know, we're literally, what, two, three games out of the three, three seeds. So um, as long as we continue to get – like I said, continue to trend in the right direction, everybody's getting healthy. They're playing pretty good ball. But like we said with the Lakers game, it's got to clean up a few things, learn how to finish, clean up – um, the turnovers, the bad passes, and everything, um, and and they should continue to move in the right direction, at least. Um, but man, the screen, I guess, real quick, not real quick, but um, I guess moving on before we go on to like the player progress report, I kind of want to ask you about some guys to see where you think they're are uh, at in this season. Um, but what has been your your favorite, I guess, Hawks game to watch so far, and what game do you think they've you know played the most complete game? Um, if you can, you know, pinpoint one. Favorite game? There's been a couple good ones lately. Um, yeah. That 40 ball by Trey against Minnesota. That was a, I think that was the best Trey had played all year, honestly. Right. Um, yeah. The Clint Bell triple double. That was a pretty good one because what I think Trey had 35 that game as yeah, well. Yeah, sound about right. Yeah. Um, the 26 23 game from Clint Capella. I think though my best, my favorite game probably been that Minnesota the 40 ball by Trey. Because he was able, you know, he was just, he played at his best. He wasn't forcing shots. He kept his teammates involved, which you haven't heard about lately. But yeah, you know, he played as good as he could play. Honestly, that game. Um, I I, I think that was a good one. There, I like the Clipper win. I think Trey had like thirty eight that game. Um, their most complete win for me still is the Brooklyn, the second Brooklyn, because they they played Brooklyn three times this year. They lost mm-hmm. the first one triple overtime. They just lost. Uh, I think a week ago oh, in yeah. overtime, but mm-hmm. the second game, I think they came in like with a plan and like really executed it. They figured that they were confident that they could beat them. So that's the most complete I've seen, but I've seen a lot of completeness through them throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, honestly, it's just a matter of people staying healthy and keeping everybody in. Like you said, the Minnesota game was a good win. Uh, both of the Minnesota games, yeah. actually, uh, they played well in both of those games and, to uh, what we were saying about some of the losses that they had picked up recently, though, I, I would say the if you want to take a good thing out of the losses, at least the teams are like contending teams. You're losing to Utah, Milwaukee. Yeah, that was uh, exactly. I mean, they didn't want to lose, but that, Milwaukee, want to lose, that yeah. Milwaukee loss wasn't a bad loss. Honestly. Yeah, because yeah, they were without Trey and Clay, weren't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you fix some stuff here, then that might, you know, you probably like Trey plays that game. They probably win that game. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second, the second Brooklyn game following the triple overtime is still my. Favorite game to watch and the most complete game, I think, that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, for me, I don't know, trying to think if I should say go the more complete route or my favorite favorite game. I think uh, it was going, it was looking like it was going to possibly be a bad loss, but the the Detroit win where they're able to, you know, pull it out, I believe, in overtime. Um, Like I said, they they weren't looking too hot, but I think third, it was the third or beginning of the fourth quarter. I think Kevin Herter kind of, Turned it around. I think he hit about two. I think he had like two or three clutch, uh, clutch buckets. 
Um, and then kind of like I said rallied that comeback. Uh, what Trey had 38, Clint had 20. That was a 27 and 26 game by Clint. Ridiculous yeah. 26 boards. Um, and then I think John had a double double as well, like 31 and 11. So it was um overall a nice a little comeback, nice win. Um, you know, it wasn't looking like I said too hot, too good in the beginning. Right. So that's the that's the one I think I, I like to have seen, or I guess my most complete game, just because they were able to put together late. And typically we see that they haven't been able to close out games, um, especially earlier on in the year. Um, the last episode, we actually talked about it with the, with the Knicks and with the Cavs. Um, right. So I think I like that one the most. But uh, I guess my, really, honestly, my favorite game to watch, and I kind of want to, it's about to lead me to a question that I saw in the group message. One of my favorite ones, I think the Nets lost, the third one. I, I really enjoyed um, seeing them compete the way they did against, you know, the new three-headed monster of the East with all, all right. the guys playing. Um, like I said, they unfortunately they weren't able to pull it out in overtime. Um, Nets got up to got up on a pretty. They pretty much came out overtime. You know, pretty much got up uh, big early, and then we weren't able to recover. But um, I want to ask you guys. I just see a few people rumbling about it in group message group messages as well. But um, at the end of that game, or at the end of the fourth, and I think at the end of overtime or the whole overtime clint capella didn't play at all um and a lot of people were you know pretty upset or confused like why would we not play clint like why would we play to their strengths because you know they had a small ball lineup in with jeff green being their five um you know, why would we play to their strengths we needed somebody in there to to rebound and you know to affect the shots at the basket and stuff like that so kind of what did you guys think of that um i guess that move by uh, coach Lloyd pierce to pretty much not play Clint the rest of the time. And I think he also came out and said that Clint um, let him know that he was pretty much gassed. He had been pretty much up and down that entire game and they were coming off, yeah. I believe, a back-to-back as well. So um, what do you guys think of Clint not being in, I guess, at the end of that game, um, and I guess in in stretches, like I guess in important games at the end of games um, right. throughout the season? I think it would be time for him to play, but especially against Brooklyn, you could use him out there, but I can understand why you may go with a smaller ball lineup because even though that's their strength, I would say it's it's a strength of ours also because we have some versatile players that could play against uh, you know that kind of lineup, but Clint could definitely have helped. But us and when we play, when the Hawks play Brooklyn, there's no defense really anyway, so I think you want to be as offensively potent as you could be, so – I can I can see why you go through that, and then him being gassed, like you say, he he's played toughed out some in, uh, playing through some injuries anyway. So if you can sneak him some time out, pull out a win, why not? I get it. yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that point. You know about being able to go small because we are so versatile, and I think that's why they made a lot of those free agent signings this year because you want to be able to play those lineups with John at the five and Dino at the four. And um, you know DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, or Cam and Kevin Hoyter, however you want to run it, and um, you know you can do that against anybody, mm-hmm. which make and you know like I say Clint Capella being gas because Brooklyn does get the ball and regardless mm-hmm. James Harden, Kyrie, um, Kevin Kevin Durant, KD, or even Joe Harris, they're looking to push the ball at all times. So even if you can get some, you know you have Capella out there for rebound and shot blocking. How often is he even gonna be able to take the rim with the Nets, you know, getting the ball and pushing it up court? Yeah. You know, you lose the game, so of course it's like, well, he should have been out there, but it's like to their strategy, it wouldn't have worked regardless, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing I was saying too. I was just like, you know, what's the point of one? What's the now that I knew his guy? Like, what's the point of him even being out there? You know, if he's gas, he's not gonna be any type of help to you. And obviously a lot of people, um, people that I was seeing saying it, there was like, you know, 
like I said, don't play to, to Brooklyn strengths, which was obviously they had a small ball lineup. So they was trying to switch everything that was coming off the screens, going one-on-one, stuff like that. Clint wasn't really going to be able to keep up with any of the guys out there, even, right. even if he like was matched up on, you know, Jeff yeah. Green. So um, I totally understood, you know, not having them in. And like you just said, like, that's why we had those certain signings. We got you know, certain guys on the, um, on the roster that one can be able to switch. They're versatile um, and they can, they don't, you know, they can give you that defense and that offense of, uh, you know, skill set. So yeah. I personally agree. I think um, in that game, I think I remember they really just, they got up early because I think they just, like you say, in transition, I think it, they had like in overtime, they had like two or three quick um, layups. And then they was really picking on Trey, uh, especially towards the end of the fourth and in the fourth or in overtime. Um, they pretty much just going at him. They were trying to find him, switch off, and I think Harden got a big bucket off of him. Um, or two big buckets, and I think Katie uh won as well. So I like I said I just wanted to ask that because I thought about it, but you know, I definitely agree with you guys as well. But next thing I wanted to kind of hit on was you know player progress reports for the year. Um, I know in the earlier episodes we, we talked about a few guys and kind of where the progression is, and this is one thing I kind of want to do uh with this with these episodes each time we meet. So um I guess the first guy we want to talk about is Trey, and I actually kind of want to backtrack because I don't know if we hit on it that much or if it was you know right after we had finished the second episode but of course the little bit of rumblings between you know john collins and um trey young of course you know john went a little bit more flow of the offense um versus you know trey just pounding the ball keeping it in his hand and then you know pretty much making a play so um from that we kind of did see him have a slump i think the next game he only shot the ball like somewhere between like six and eight times maybe um yeah. And then you know, we're just now seeing him kind of find his stride again. So I guess the first guy, um, well, first, I guess we can talk about that. Do you think it that also kind of had an effect on a, li- their, a little bit of their slide of them you know, losing certain games um, to where now they can say they're 10 and 10? And um, I guess just your progress report on Trey Young and how you feel like he's been progressing throughout the season. Yeah, I think uh, initially, you know, like you said, they were, I, I don't want to say it, it affected their play. They were already going through a little slide and like mm-hmm. you said, it was early season growing pains for uh, a young team or whatever. Um, but I don't think it affected them too much, honestly, because I don't think it was that big of a deal. Just a conversation about mm-hmm. why they're losing or whatever. But Trey, uh, overall, his, his, for him, for me, you know, he's an all-star again. I think he's about 20, what, 27 a game, 26? Yeah, 27, mm-hmm. yeah, 27 and 9. So I think he's definitely a lot to be an all-star. Uh I think with Trey is like you know you just got the games like last night, you know you want him to take calculated passes, get his turnovers down, and still just even though he does average nine assists and he's gotten better at this year, I've said that a couple of times. Uh, just continuing to get his teammates involved um, in different ways. Uh, I think he has more scoring around him now than he possibly has ever had. So yeah. um, it's just making more sit more. Not even just necessarily more assists, but just swinging the ball. Yeah, swinging the ball, putting people in their positions to for them to be able to score, especially like somebody like DeAndre Hunter, who I think was starting to take a step up before he got mm-hmm. hurt yeah. or whatever. So, but Trey's playing well, uh, all star again. So you got to get him so far. Um, I don't think, like I say, they was already kind of sliding a bit, but I do think it kind of went into you know the all the rumbling and then, you know the John versus Trey or whatever what it was supposed mm-hmm. to. I think it affected the offense a little bit because the offense did start getting stagnant in some of the games where it was you trying to, you know, do I move the ball? Do I go ISO? Right. 
do I try to get DeAndre Hunter's and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins ball? How do I play with John and Clint Capella? And you know, I think they just trying to figure it out growing as a young team. You know, they it's kind of got in their heads a little bit and they was overthinking it. Lloyd Pierce included, who just couldn't, you know, he was trying to figure out the best way to play offense because you do have a lot of pieces that need the ball, but you got pieces who don't where they don't need the ball, they need to be involved with the, you know, they need to be involved with the offense. Clint Capella doesn't need it, but he still needs to be involved with the offense just a little bit. Um, just to, you know, just to change some stuff up. Like I say, Trey has been an all-star this year with Kyrie back and James Harden in the East. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but he definitely has a spot on the team. Right. I give him an A minus because he's had some high bad turnover games. I mean, you don't expect it, but he's. I think his defensive effort has been worse this year than it was last year. It was like some games he doesn't even try some games. Like he's just kind of on that side of the court and whatever's whatever. Yeah. Like even when they go to a zone, he doesn't. You know, he's just still kind of just standing there not really you know giving any effort so you know you cut down some of those bad turnover games give 10 percent more on defense he probably get to an a plus but right now i give him a minus because like say 27 to 9 how can i you know it's 27 to 9 you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost it's close to a double double average like you said you know probably one of the, the higher score scoring um averages in the league right now so yeah me as well um I'm kind of on that that A minus uh, train as well for everything you just said, John. So, um, no, not, I guess not to be too repetitive, but like you said, <clears throat> there are guys that do need to be involved in the offense. We do got guys that have shown, even with the, of course the emergence of DeAndre Hunter, um, Cam Reddish has had some decent games the last few games as well. Um, and John, of course, you know, is can get active around the rim along with Clint. There's guys that you know you have to involve in the office to just make it easier on, you know, on him, Trey Young, uh, you know, in general. Uh, like you said, it, the pick and roll is honestly like their bread and butter. Like that, it, it works pretty much, you know, almost to perfection each and every time, Um, no matter if they're using Clint or if they're using John. So right. just, just being able to involve the other guys in the office just to make it easier on yourself. I think that's pretty much all John probably was trying to say. And like you said, Fresh is, you know, just honestly a conversation. I think the media – and you know, outside people just blew it up a little bit more than what it was supposed to be. Right. Um, so you, you know how it is, or we know how it is. You know, you read headlines and people just running off with it. So right. it's yeah. uh, and then from there we see, oh, John Collins gonna get traded. John Collins is out. All this and that. But you know, I right. think these guys are cool. They're tight. It was just a simple, you know, we can help you too, Trey. Like you know, right. you don't have to, you That's don't have awesome. to do it all yourself. Yeah. So. Simple, simple basketball things that people that you know actually have played the sport know what it is. Words can be get, get misconstrued, but you know I think they're all and all right. uh, everything's they gonna be. Know, they the Capellas done had some twenty twenty games, yeah. thirty ten games, so they right. bounced back from that definitely. Yep, exactly. So uh, next guy I kind of wanted to hit on was um, DeAndre Hunter, and um, at you guys as well. Do you think he is or? If he hasn't already, do you think he will um, soon solidify? I guess our that number two scoring role, um, that you know that number two go that number two go to guy um, that we go to to get a bucket. Oh, um, I think so. As far as you know, grading his performance going out that way, I give him an A, mm -hmm. like a solid A. You know, because he's been good defensively and offensively. He's honestly been better offensively than I thought he would be, especially um, off the dribble, off the bounce. With a lot of the creating, off, creating with the ball in his hand, I still think he's going to at least be second team all defensive, not first team. I don't see, especially on the wing outside of Kawhi, 
who's really stopping them from being first team all defense outside of Cam Reddish, his teammate. Mm-hmm. They're probably some votes. But um, DeAndre Hunter definitely has a skill set, and with Trey being so small, being a smaller guard, you need a big wing player who can get his own bucket. Just so you got an automatic person to throw the ball to on the perimeter when they, you know, a hard double team or a trap is coming at you. So yeah. DeAndre Hunter is definitely going to solidify itself as I, if nothing else, our second perimeter guy because you still have John Collins, who I think is the, you know the second player. But it's hard to throw the ball down to the to the post with a smaller guard sometimes. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was uh, starting to establish that. I think he's a guy that needs to get more uh, involved. Uh, they can get him more shots and just easier buckets because he was starting to really find his game offensively. Uh, I think, like like you say, he was starting to create more for himself, not just like catching, slashing, or catching shoots. He he was putting you know the ball. He was putting the ball down and making moves and really going to get some buckets. Yeah. So uh, that was that was definitely good to see. And then defensively. You know, he's been great from the start. Um, so I, I think he's the second best player on the team. So I, I like John Collins, and I think John is an all-star type player, but I think the most potential is in DeAndre. If DeAndre can become what he his potential is, that's the best for the Hawks because those type of players can have championships for sure. So exactly, we can get him to 20, 21 points per game because he's about 17. So you give him in 20 range. You know, now we're, we're talking a whole other game, so for sure. Um, so I give him an A, uh, A so far during this season. Also, uh, I don't, I don't think he was playing All Star level yet, but he was, he was showing some most improved player, uh, most improved player type right potential. Uh, you really look at his numbers, and then if you think about him defensively, because last year as a rookie, I don't know his numbers, but I'm pretty sure he was at like 10 to 11 points per game. So just even from that, to go from that to 17 is a big jump. Um, sure, that's yeah. a bump in the NBA in, in one year. So um, I think, you know, hopefully he comes back healthy and he's, he's pushing for sure. Yeah. Um, before I guess I, I get into my great friend, Ka- Kawhi 2.0, or what, what were we thinking? Uh, that that's what it seems like he's becoming as he like even the offensive moves that he's adding first have are like what Kawhi put in his game first, but he's doing it quicker. And you can say he got more no, opportunity because yeah. Kawhi was on the Spurs and you know they weren't worried about him offensively for a while. You know, if you really think about it, Kawhi's been, you know, he's so consistent over 25 now. You think he's been doing it his whole career, but he's been doing it for like four years, three or four years. So it seems like Hunter's already getting to that. Um, but Kawhi's a really great player, so he got a long way to go to get to Kawhi. But if you think about the potential offensively and defensively, I think Kawhi is the trajectory. Honestly. Yeah. No, you yeah, definitely agree yeah. with that. I don't got anything to add to that. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he looks like Kawhi on the court a lot. Yes, so. I was about to say that as well. Not, really not as quick. Not yeah. But he seems yeah. like he's a little more athletic than Kawhi. No, yeah, definitely. No, so, no, yeah, I get yeah. that part. And then yeah. I mean, Kawhi is Kawhi defensively. Can you compare him? <laughs> but if you want to try, DeAndre Hunter is pretty good. He's a really, really good. Real quick shout out. Appreciate you, Coach Rogers. Uh, appreciate, like I said, appreciate you for coaching. He's my corners back coach when I was in high school playing. So appreciate you uh, just in general for, you know, you know watching. I couldn't do it without guys like Fresh and John as well to help me out. But uh, for DeAndre Hunter, I think uh, A as well, he was doing so good. I had to pick him up in our little off-the-ball fantasy league. I, I I was like, who can I pick up real quick? And DeAndre was just sitting there. I was like, oh yeah, let me go ahead and get him. Do yeah. him in the lineup. He's a uh, he's been pretty good for me so far. Um, I'm surprised he was there. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, and this little off the ball league, I think some of us don't really be paying attention like that. I honestly didn't because that's why I lost like the first four games. And I was like, hold on, let me. I can't be going out like this. I, like I look like a real scrub right now. It is my first year actually doing fantasy uh, basketball, but I don't uh rolled off two wins, so we're looking to make it third this uh this week against uh Coach Fall. But um, okay, yeah, with uh DeAndre. I think uh, A as well. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about it a little bit later with the All-Star, uh, yes or no's. But, yeah, he's like you said, he's at 17 points uh, per game right now. Um, what is it, about, what, four defensive rebounds, five, uh, I guess, total – or, yeah, about five, six total rebounds. Um, Two-point percentage has shot up tremendously, about at 61% from, what, 45 last year. Three-point three percentage, I think, is at 37 um, from 35. Um, so – like you said, he, he's definitely in that most improved candidate, uh, that running for the candidate, uh, most improved. But, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, like you said, he kind of just feels and looks like Kawhi to me as well. He's shown a little bit more personality than he did last year and then he did at Virginia. But, like you just said, it, just, it kind of just feels like that, you know, what, six, six, eight, close to six, nine, um, just long, athletic, um, pretty much you know, showing his will as well. He like literally every time I see him getting the ball, especially if it's like coming off a high screen, he puts his head down and goes straight to the basket. Like, yeah. you know, no one's going to stop him. So I really, really like to see that from him um, for sure. And like I said, defensively, he's showing he can, you know, lock up, he can switch off. He can be, he can be pretty much on anybody one to one to four. So I um, really like his progression and everything he's been doing this year as well. So I think for myself um, and for my, for helping me, you know, Elevate a little bit in my in the off the ball league, uh, fantasy league. I'm gonna give him an A for sure uh, for this one. Next, uh, I want to move on to um, John Collins, of course. Um, you know, kind of was already expecting big things coming into the year. What do you guys think he's uh, you know produced so far on the court? Oh, um, honestly, I give him I give him a B plus because I feel like he hasn't really elevated as much you know from last year. But he's had some good. He's had some big games here and there. But it's still kind of those same, you know, 19, 10, 21-8, the uh, 22-9. You know, he could be a little better rim protecting. Uh, his jump shot has been falling down from everywhere this year. I will give him credit for that. It kind of yeah. almost made me give him an A because offensively, <laughs> he's been great offensively. It's just not the explosive nights that you would expect from him, mm-hmm. especially you have a player in Trey Young who's gonna take up so much offensive attention. Yeah, I uh I agree with the B plus. Um I think he is having a good season. I, oh, yeah, I, I thought he would take maybe a slightly more stronger step towards the all star. I don't really think he's there yet. But um also acknowledge that they added so many more offensive weapons. You know, people's numbers are gonna fall a little bit. I mean even Trey's number are down I mean he averaged almost 30 last year so <laughs> They're down slightly this year mm-hmm. uh, with the emergence of Hunter. And then you add uh, Bogdanovich before he got hurt. And, you know, all these other offensive weapons hurt her. Um, a few games there. But I think there's still another step for John to take. That's the only reason why I'm giving him a B plus. Uh, mm-hmm. a B plus also, just like John just did. But I think he's playing well, though. A um, little slump after the media issue with Trey, mm-hmm. but <laughs> he's doing fine. Yeah, I'll give him somewhere in that that B play. I, I guess I'll give him a because he he has shown up in the games. You know that they're missing a few few guys like the game that um you know Clinton traded and played him and DeAndre both stepped up and played pretty big. Um, the game that we talked about earlier with Detroit. Um, and so yeah, thirty one and eleven. 
when um right. they was pretty short handed uh at the wing spots. I think DeAndre and Cam didn't play that game. Um so he has stepped up in, in, in games where he's needed to be able to step up, you know, have that offensive pres- presence and you know put points on the board. Um, but still a little lag luster sometimes on, on the defensive end. Um, you know, he he yeah. does try, but sometimes I think we said it earlier, like he's just he's just kind of there. But he does, you know, put in enough. He put he tries to put in effort. That's all, I guess all you can really ask for. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, and, and we already know, like you know, he's kind of the upbeat guy, the the vocal guy. He's always dapping people up and making sure everybody's you know in the right head, in the right mind space. So, got all it right. for for team captain type of vibes. You gotta give him give him a little bit of a boost as well. So I think he is playing well. Um, I don't think obviously to to max contract worthy. Um, which I know down the yeah. yeah, depending on what's gonna go on the rest of this season, I know that's gonna begin to start being a talk even closer to the trade deadline. Who knows? It might start being a talk uh, you know, with the outside media. But I do think he has had a you know solid outings and like I said, he stepped up in, in times where he's had to. So solid solid B for me as well. Can't can't go really wrong with that. Um then two more guys that kind of want to hit on, kinda of hit on everybody on the starting five, the bench guys and the veteran guys who kinda of already know what they they can and will do. But uh Clint Capella, like I said, we've talked about it earlier, has had some explosive games, like the 27 and 26. It's ridiculous uh-huh. um to me. And I think it was either I think it might have been the game after that. He had another like uh, another solid double double, like a 20 and 10 type of night. So um Clint Capella, what do you uh guys think of him and, and maybe giving him his, his grade? I, I have to be honest. Um I I knew what he did in Houston, but I was never a huge fan of Clint Capella's. But when the Hawks traded for him, I just figured he would be a good fit. But I think he's playing well for the Hawks. He's averaging uh four, like 14 and 14 right now. Um, he's been a good partner with Trey. I think they got good chemistry together. And he brings something for us a little bit defensively. Um, I didn't I like I said, I didn't I didn't love him in Houston, but I like the stability he brings to giving us a real center. Even on those nights when we do play Brooklyn and maybe he can't play at certain moments in those games, I like having him because you'll need him in the long run against Embiid, Yoki, Rigo Bear. So I like that he's playing strong in the paint. I mean, honestly, his numbers are 13.8 points per game, 14 rebounds a game. Those are huge numbers, honestly. I, I I give Clint. I'm gonna have to give him an A. I'm gonna give him an A. He's yeah, playing man. through some injuries too, which means he's not, you know, trying to just sit down. He's trying to play this year. I'm gonna have to give him an A. Uh, I'm gonna give him an A too, and just strictly for this reason. Usually, like you know, NBA teams don't run these lineups anymore. Whereas you know, two two natural bigs, uh-huh. then you know, we're actual small four shooting guard. Right. And for the Hawks to be able to run a natural four or five. And the offense is still spaced out. It does, the lane doesn't get cluttered. It doesn't slow at all. I give Click Capella a for long just for being able to adjust and playing that kind of offense and not slowing us down. Honestly, and really good up on offense because you, I don't see he's not a real post scoring threat. But I've you know there's been times when they throwing the ball down there. You know, a couple dribbles, hook shot here, he pivot foot hit, pivot here, there. Got a few moves in his arsenal. No, yeah, definitely. So I give um I give him a just for that, and I think defensively. He's exactly what the Hawks need when he's not out of, you know, when he's not gassed on the court. I think as well. I give it, you know, say solid. Th- those games still surprise me, um, honestly. But everybody's been saying within the organization, you know, that's what he can do. And like Fred said as well, like, you know, you kind of watched them in Houston, but obviously it was never, you know, the big game. And they never, 
against well down the stretch before they got before they traded him obviously you know they we can see it was coming you know they're going more so to the small ball lineup so um you know his his knees weren't really of use there anymore um but ever since he's, he's come here and been able to play like you said he's been that defensive presence that we need in the paint um he's been active on both ends he's a big that can run the floor and that's most important thing um especially if we got guys that can you know just get out and run and then you know most of the time or sometimes especially if he can trey's looking to push the ball a little bit so it's really nice to have you know the big that you got like you guys said can get up and down the court um like you said with the numbers solid what four, yeah 14 and 14 you know averaging a double double he's 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 been pretty clutch for us like i said when he isn't gassed and he's out on the court so i think uh give him a solid you know a a minus as well um because just i get i don't know for me maybe I'm, I'm being a little harsh but i'm like you can't be no nba player again getting gas gas but you know the way but then again like i said understand he's coming off a of back-to-back they played two tough games two you know tough opponents so you know giving your, your all out there and being out there and giving of course you know the schedule the the traveling because i think now, nah, I forgot where they came from, but I think they came from up north or something like that before they had to play them again or play Brooklyn again down here. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm probably just being a little too hard, but I'm like, bro, you can't be, can't be gas. I need you in at the end of the fourth. If we need you in at the end of the fourth, you got, you got to, you got to buckle up. You got to do something. You got to figure it out. Dig deep. Get out. Get back out there. Something. So. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, but I'm just, just just messing with him. A little knock, but like I said, he's definitely big, big for us. Um, you know, throughout the whole year and hopefully continues to be. Um, he comes back and hopefully continue. Hopefully, we can get him, you know, completely healthy because I know I think he's having back issues. I think that's what it is. It's either him or Trey. One of them. Have. Um, I guess we just talked about the guys, of course, but you know, all star, um, all star voting has, is here. Um, I keep getting emails from the Hawks. The double vote is double vote day. They right. want me to vote every time it's double vote day. So, um, we already talked about some of the guys, but uh, who do you think is an all star, um, out of our Hawks? Um, and then we can also go through who you guys think is, um, you know, your your all-star starters as well. From the Hawks, definitely, Trey. I think if the NBA would add the center back to the ballot, Clint Capella could be an all-star in the East, seriously. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think he can sure. make it. But I think, I think Trey I think Trey, and then John is going to get some votes. But Trey, uh, I think he he's going to be a coach's vote. Mm-hmm. And my East starters, I got uh, KD, B. Jalen Brown. Um, I have Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Jalen Brown as a starter. Yeah, you gonna get the fan vote? Yeah, I got Jalen Brown. Shout out Jalen. Yeah, Metro Atlanta. Uh, Kyrie Irving, and then my other uh, was uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yeah, I had Tatum over there. Yeah, Celtics got two starters and uh, two third MVP. Not gonna be a starter. Not this year. Wow. <laughs> he, is, but he didn't make my <laughs> <laughs> he said he ain't make, he has a, he ain't make freshes. He, he might be some on somebody's top five. Somebody's. <laughs> <laughs> I like Taylor with Jalen Brown. Jalen's averaging wow, twenty-seven a game. Like, no, nah, yeah, I, I, I feel. I feel. I think I, you know, just coming from, of course, like I say, this is the Jalen Brown fan club over here. I just, <laughs> you know, enough fan votes to be a starter because I don't still see Jalen Brown as a household name. Yeah. Honestly. But as far as Hawks All Stars go, I think we just get we might get two. I didn't think about Capella early when I was thinking about it. Thirteen to fourteen. Yeah, as, 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 yeah, as a big man in the East, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's 
I think it's supposed to go back east west this year. Yeah. So if it's just you know east west after MB, uh, K as a front court player, it's open. It is open. It's open for him. Honestly, he can come. He can be a coach's pick, especially you know to pick up maybe five, six more wins before the All Star break. Kind of really you know break off some of those wins from you know separate wins and losses a bit. Coaches yeah. could definitely hold him in. Uh, John Collins. I don't think this is his year because I don't think he had the leap that a lot of people was expecting him to have, especially with, you know, wanting that max contract. Yeah. Um, I mean, because technically his numbers are a little technically because he was yeah. 21 and 10 last year. Was 20 and 9 this year? Man, he's about 17 and Ooh. 9. Well, so like, that's a, <laughs> it's, it's a lot more, you know, DeAndre Hunter. No, yeah, right. It's 17. You know, one 11. person go from averaging 11 to 17, somebody's going to yeah. lose. I can understand how he lost. No, definitely. Exactly. But um, Trey, I think Trey is a no-brainer. Yeah. Like I say, he's probably not going to be a starter because of Kyrie. So we he'll definitely be our coach's pick. I don't really vote for All-Stars because, you know, I don't vote for popularity contests. But if I had yeah. to pick five starters right now, the um, – no, honestly, I got Trey as a start. I think he's gonna get a start nine over James Harden, who just got to the East. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be Kyrie, Trey, uh, Katie. I'm going Giannis because I don't see fans keeping Giannis out as a starter, and then Embiid at the five. Wow. Trey would be interesting though because you know he's about to get a signature shoe from Adidas. Yeah, so yeah. this year with Kyrie kind of being out there, which I mean he still got votes technically last year. We can see how popular Trey really might be. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the Hawks are winning. He is like, you know, the kids like him. Yeah. Obviously, they like the way he play. So exactly. it'd be interesting to see like his pop. I think his popularity could kind of be solidified if he's the All Star starter this year. Like definitely, yeah. For me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Trey. Obviously, he said gets the nod. You know, the numbers he's putting up, twenty seven and nine. Um, guy said household name. Get really big, uh, favor with the um with the kids nowadays. He obviously they remind him of a younger Steph Curry. Um, right, and you know, just the way they, he plays, they they love it. I don't, I for me, I guess my star, I guess I'll go with my stars and then explain why I, don't, I guess specifically don't think Trey probably will get that started now. But I had I actually had Jalen Brown as well. I think sure. I have him, I have him on my fantasy team as well. Um, <laughs> the offensive, I had to That's pick true. him up. Um, and say he's he's had him a really nice season, him and Tatum. But I have him, I guess, in the front court, it was I have him in uh. Else I had in the I can't even think of it right now. I know it wasn't Kyrie. I can't even think at the moment. But I know backcourt I had Katie, Giannis, and uh Embiid as well. Who did I have? Who who fresh? Who would you have your front court? I think we honestly had the same front court. Kyrie and Jalen. Kyrie and Jalen. Okay. Now that I can't remember, it might be Trey's spot to uh to take. So I'm gonna go ahead and insert Trey. Trey and um Jalen in the front, and then like I said, Katie, um Embiid and Giannis in the back. Um being that, like I said, Harden and, and well, Kyrie could get now, but Harden just kind of got over to the uh, to the East. But yeah, I'm hoping Clint can get that, um, you know, get not probably that coach's vote because he definitely probably not gonna get that fan vote. But um, right. you can't argue with 14 and 14. I, I don't care who, who you are, what team you are, what area you playing in. 14 and 14 is solid, especially for but even more solid for center in you know in this day and age. So I think he uh, he should definitely get that coach's vote. Um, unfortunately, with DeAndre being hurt, I don't know how many games he's gonna be sidelined. I think he might have might have had a real small outside chance, the smallest outside chance. Um, if he was able to, you know, probably play these last few games down the stretch before 
voting really ranks up. He's going to get his numbers up. His numbers yeah. up. He's trending up. He, he's trending up 20. So, you know, he, he looked different around at 19 points per game on a winning team. Exactly. So, but who knows if he's going to be able to suit up. And I think he they went through maybe more testing with yesterday or today. So, I, I haven't heard anything. But hopefully, he, he'll be all right. Um, like you guys said, John has taken a little bit of a dip, obviously, because of the emergence of DeAndre and, and so many other offensive guys um, that we added to the squad. So, Probably not his year. Um, so I definitely see somehow, somewhere. I think two Hawks players got to be um, playing in the All Star game for sure. Um, uh, we they can pull off get you know about six seven games above five hundred. We can definitely get two All Stars. Yeah, why not home All Star game? Yeah, and I guess before we uh when we talk about is you know there's been a little bit of news about the All Star game actually be being hosted here, of course, in our hometown in Atlanta. Um, but before that, I want to get get you guys uh. Western um, Conference starters as well. Uh, I had because I did the first return votes. I did Steph Curry. Uh, I had Luca as a starter. Mm-hmm. Derek almost a triple double. LeBron, uh, Jokic, obviously mm-hmm. just won Player of the Month for the West. And my and Kawhi. Kawhi is I don't know if it's being talked about. A great season. He's having an MVP no, season. Yeah. He's he he twenty five a game. He mm-hmm. could be Defensive Player of the Year. He's not an MVP. Clippers had the best record, second yeah, best, best record, record in the league. Right now, yeah. mm-hmm. So I got Kawhi. And uh, I know some people wondered, I saw, like, should it be Anthony Davis? But he's kind of, his numbers are kind of down. I think he's mm-hmm. having like 20, like 20 points per game, 21 a game. He said but, himself that he sucks right now. So Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and part of that's been on purpose. Even Frank Vogel said, you know, they was trying to get to a comfortable. And that this time of year, they was planning on wrapping it up for him offensively. But so I got Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic, uh, Steph Curry, and Luca. Yeah, yeah, I had Luca. Well, All Star starters, uh, definitely Jokic, Jokic, LeBron, Steph. Now, as you mentioned, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi definitely in the front court as well. My other backcourt player, I don't know, because it could be Luca, like say averaging close to a triple double, but it could be Dame as well. Though he yeah, had forty one that game winner. Um, Paul George is also sneakily having the same season that Kawhi Leonard is having. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they'll count him as a front court player or a back court player. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think he's a guard. He's a guard. So, um, yeah. If CJ McCollum was, well, CJ was never going to be a starter. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, definitely. Honestly, though, I think one player that could sneak in to being a starter, depending on how good they get, you know, they keep winning and his name get thrown out there some more. I think Christian Wood could sneak in and be an all star starter. Mm hmm. It's a long shot, but I think he can sneak in there. Yeah, I actually had him in. Um, I did a little graphic as well, um, which I was supposed to do on Sunday. But yeah, I actually had Christian Wood um, that I was gonna vote for him, hoping you know that he'll he'll be a starter. But um, I just remembered who I couldn't for. You know, I couldn't remember who uh, my other backcourt guy was, even though on a losing squad and probably the worst or second worst um, record in the lead, I had to put Bradley Bill back there. I got he he needs it. He needs it. some type of you know positivity for this year and this season. I guess that win um, the other night, Russ hitting that big three, and well, him hitting the big three first, and then Russ hitting that uh, the other one after the steal. Maybe uh, maybe that turns the ties for them. But yeah, I, I was like, yeah, Bradley Bill got to get this one. He got snubbed last year too. He just needs some type of positivity. Um, so that that was my other backcourt guy. Sorry, Trey, but um, my Western Conference starters. Uh, I like I said, I had Christian Wood. Just you know. Just having an amazing season. And I think you say if they continue to win, 
Um, I think you guys said it the other day that um, or somebody said it the other day that kind of feels like Houston's team is just like a sea of outcasts, like misfits, just kind of thrown thrown together because, you know, no one really wanted them or thought they were, you know, too injured, too frail, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, they, they've looked you know, decent so far. Hopefully they continue to grow um, as the season progresses. But Christian Wood, Jokic, Curry, um, I threw Lillard in there and James, but like you said, Christian Wood more like he probably won't be that starter. And like you guys are saying, Kawhi is having a hell of a year. Um, Paul George is actually having a decent year as well. Like the Clippers have just been quietly having a great year. Yeah, they've been real quiet this year. They have to yeah. be than last year. They got yeah, to that's what I'm about to say. Yep, they got to. They got to follow the lead of Kawhi. Just go out there and play. <laughs> yeah, so those, those are my starters, um, you know, for the Western Conference as well. But um, <clears throat> the next thing I wanted to, you know, kind of do a little bit, just um, actually before NBA news, kind of look forward or look towards the next, I guess, three games the Hawks have to play. They're all home games. They play, um, you know, pretty good, talented teams. Even though the Mavericks are struggling right now, of course, they still got Luka. Um, Porzingis just came back and has been playing, you know, pretty well. And then they got, you know, other veteran solid pieces as well. So looking at the Mavericks, Jazz, who they lost to, you know, a few weeks ago, and then the Raptors as well. Um, what do you guys kind of see they need to do to win those three games and, I guess the record do you see them coming out um after those three uh three battles. Yeah, I hope they go two and three. Uh two and one. Two and one. Yeah, excuse me. Two and <laughs> one out of three games. Because uh, you know, of course Utah is up there at the top of the league, so that's gonna be a tough game. You can win or lose that one. Um Dallas is a very winnable game, even though Dallas is talented. I think the Hawks are better than them this year, so they should pull that win out and uh Toronto, we should definitely get a win in that one. Keep the turnovers low, uh, play well on defense, mm-hmm. and I think those are the main keys. Keep if they keep if we don't turn the ball over, we'll definitely win. If not all three, two other three, um, and then you definitely want to go ahead and bounce back against Dallas with a win, because if you lose to Dallas, then potentially lose to Utah. That's three straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off the loss to the Lakers, so. I think we can win two out of the three. We could beat Dallas and Toronto. Utah is going to be the tough one. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I got the record about the same two and one. I think we beat Dallas and Toronto. Uh, like I say, limit turnovers, move the ball in offense. It, I know they're not going to play league leading defense, but at least figure out a way to get stops in all those games. Mm-hmm. In the Utah game, I guess the only, you know, try to limit Rudy Gobert defensiveness as much as possible. I think Clint Capella will do that. Um, Dallas, who's having a hard time hitting shots right now, don't let Luka get rolling. Right. And hopefully nobody else gets rolling. Right. I don't even know. I haven't really even paid attention to Toronto. I know they haven't been that good this year, which I think most people kind of already figured out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, same thing, good defensive, good stops, move the ball, low turnovers, make, make the shots as well. Right. Same thing. I'm just reading exactly what you guys said. I think they had to get this win against Dallas. Um, it will be a, a pretty tough test, like I said, with uh, obviously Luca and um, Porzingis coming back and, and playing pretty well as well. Um, but they can. I think they can definitely sneak that one in. Um, hopefully, like I said, DeAndre Hunter's back playing. Um, Clint's healthy. Trey's healthy. All the guys are healthy and um, you know able to suit up. Um, out of the three, of course, I think Utah would be a, a going to be a pretty tough one. Um, Hopefully our little bit, our eight percent of fans maybe makes a, a a little bit of noise. Like uh when we played when we played there, I think we talked about a little bit on Twitter. It looked like a full house. Like I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell it was COVID. 
um, in Utah. So hopefully um, we get a little bit of payback and, and sneak a win with our, like I said, eight percent fans, um, you know, going to the game and making some noise. Um, but I guess in, in that game, it's I guess obviously they got to limit turnovers. I think they uh, it's going to be probably a battle in, in, of the inside as well because Rudy's been playing pretty terrific as well. Um, I don't really have numbers or uh, averages pulled up, but I know you guys we've talked about it a few times in the off the ball group message um, that you know Rudy's kind kind of living up to I guess his big contract that he got up this offseason a little bit. So um, you know just you know the battle of the boys inside and then obviously just limiting turnovers and that's probably every game with the Hawks. They just gotta limit the turnover and capitalize on you know say on the offensive end when they can. Um so I think we can we can easily get a two and one record out of that. Hopefully so because like I said we don't want to go but then again, hopefully I'm not jinxing it either because I know last time it was like, yeah. hey, like the same thing we said at least two and one because of the two hornets. Yeah, literally the same thing. <laughs> they went went on the 03 run. So hopefully we ain't jinxing them this time. I think for real this time, I think they can uh, easily two two and one um with these next three home games at home. So I think um, it, that we're playing uh, good teams opposed to Charlotte, who not yet. You know, yeah. we get we play better against the good. So teams. maybe we should pick them. We beat Utah. So that's right. Right. But yeah, appreciate you guys, of course, always coming on talking Hawks. Before we we, we uh, get out of here, I, uh, of course, got to get your take on the NBA just as a whole. Um, and I do like a little bit. I want to do two segments with you guys. Of course, the first one I do it's a little bit. It's called like something or nothing. Um, I kind of want to do it about some of the trade rumors or you know buyouts that we've kind of heard around the league. Um, so the the biggest one, the biggest name, of course, every time you know Washington has a bad game or you know we saw it the other day. Um, well, it wasn't. It was against the Nets with Bradley Bill was kind of just out there. He looked like I know y'all kind of saw you know the, the Twitter video people was putting together. Just go in the corner and stand, go at the top of the key, put his head down. You know, wasn't rotating on defense stuff like that. Um, so of course. Bradley Bill has been the hot name, the big name, honestly, for two years um, about possibly being traded. Um, so do you think it's something or nothing um, about these trade rumors? And do you think he gets dealt? And if so, where to? Right. Uh, I, I want to say that it's something, but it's it's funny. Uh, every time these trades come up, Brad kind of says that he doesn't want to be traded. I was literally reading a story today. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was, I'm not sure who it was through CBA Sports or someone. And the story basically around Brad kind of being upset that people keep putting him in these trade <laughs> scenarios and that he doesn't want to leave Washington. I think Steven uh, retweeted, uh, retweeted it earlier um, because a lot of people were saying he's crazy for not yeah, wanting to uh, leave. Oh, I think it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I get him wanting to. She do also wants everybody to go to Miami too, though, so she doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. I get a player trying to be loyal to where you're drafted and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the losing gets heavy. And then at the end of the day, they do have some talent. It's early in the season. Like you say, maybe this win against Brooklyn sparks something. Westbrook can stay healthy and they get. You know, go on a run. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I said it. I want to say something. I'm gonna change my ass. I'm gonna just say it's nothing. Uh, I don't think. He trade. Yeah, I'm, I think just because he keeps coming out and saying he doesn't like not denying trade rumors, but saying I don't want to be traded. Right. I'm just say it's just because of that. Like just because he's saying he doesn't want to be traded. If he doesn't want to go. Washington isn't gonna trade. No, he's definitely gonna <laughs> like he signed two extension with him. Yeah. So he clearly yeah. wants to be. So yeah, I'm saying I'm gonna say it's nothing. Yeah. I'm uh. There are three three nothings. We're gonna we'll sweep that one because just like you say, getting upset that he keeps being you know, putting trade rumors. Like you said, that's um 
you know, we don't really see that too too often. Like, you know, being yeah, maybe upset. You know, some of that bad body language the game got to do with that because he already, yeah. got, you know, big scoring night for him and another loss. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming three minutes after the game is over. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that has a lot to do with it too. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah, but it was nice to see him smile uh, and you know embrace Russ when after he hit that three. Um, I think I think that was a big win. They they needed that one for sure, just for the confidence as a whole. Everybody um, actually likes him now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, the next uh, next guy I kind of want to talk about something or nothing trade rumors. Lonzo Ball. A lot of people feel like he still really isn't panning out the way we you know we once thought he would coming out of UCLA. Um, he's having a you know a decent. He had an okay year. He's he's had some nice games um, with the Pelicans, but overall, I guess it just really hasn't been that spark they was expecting. Um, so, do you think it's something or nothing that he's in the trade rumor uh, trade rumor mill? And then, do you think uh, he goes somewhere and where if you uh, think he gets traded? I definitely think it's something. Um, we know what Lonzo kind of brings to the table, but I do think that the Pelicans expect to take another step, and I don't think they're as good as they thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. So, to move him and get some assets for him. So uh I think somehow he ends up uh on the Knicks. From the Knicks? Uh, yeah, I think the Knicks can, will make it happen. They, they're they're one of the point guard. Yeah, they need a point guard. They're one of the teams that have talked about trying yeah, to get him. So uh I can see the Knicks. I've also heard the Bulls, I believe, oh, I as far as where he would go. And then yeah. one is yeah, then one was the Warriors. But uh I think he I think somehow he ends up. Um I'm gonna say it's something just because, like I say, he hasn't really panned out. So it was like he first of all, he needs another change of scenery. I know it sounds terrible for a player in what his fourth season. I think to say he needs a second change of scenery. Um, I think he ends up with the Warriors because I think the Warriors fit what he does best and he fits with what the Warriors does best outside of well, he's been a better shooter over the last two seasons, but he you know pushes the ball. He's a big guard defender. He can get Steph the ball, so Steph can play off the ball some. I think he fits well with the Warriors. I know the trade talk, of course, has been him for Kelly Oubre. They're taking J.J. Redick out of that. But if I'm the Warriors, I need J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball. You just can't have Minnesota pick. You can have him wherever else. Minnesota pick. I'm not trading Minnesota's pick for Lonzo Ball. Oh no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Don't bring. Don't even like bring that to the table. Like, <laughs> I was like, but I need JJ. No, I, need, JJ, I, need, I, JJ, I, I need JJ. That's what I'm saying. I need it. No, I'm not saying. I'm just going to bring <laughs> need them all. JJ Rick. I just no. Y'all can give me Lonzo, but you got to throw in JJ Reddick too. Like, and you can have anything else, of course, outside of Wise with Steph and, mm-hmm. and that Minnesota pick. Was the right. <laughs> With the right third piece, you probably can get Draymond up off me. No, they ain't got enough. They're not even like this money wise either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for uh, for me, I can definitely see the New York thing. I've seen even because I know we talked about before, like the New York, New York fans been taking over my timeline somehow, some way. I guess it's because of you know, yeah, Yeah. I guess it's because of Chris, uh, Chris LeBron, but they be talking about they be wanting um. Lonzo, so I, I can see him, you know, being up there, fan with the Knicks because they do need a point guard. Yeah, right near the kitty. So yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also heard the Clippers too. Yeah, I forgot about, oh, yeah, the, I forgot about the kid. Yeah, so I mean, I guess you know it, just, it gives them just another point guard, give them another guard. I mean, they got what Pat and um, they got Pat Bev, and then they got uh, what you call Reggie uh, Reggie Jackson. Maybe say it just gives them another big guard that can play solid defense. I guess you know so. Um, Paul and Kawhi don't really have to exert I guess, that that much energy on the on that side of the ball, um, but 
Uh, the Warriors one would be super interesting. I think I would. I don't know. It, it's, it sounds weird saying I would like that because <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. It just does sound. It just sounds weird to me because you know, for that, that little bit of time, I was you know a little bit of a hater on the Warriors, but you know I've come around. I like. I like the guys. I like the way they play ball. But um, it, it would be weird also because I know everybody remembers when uh yeah, was coming out. You know, Papa was uh he better than step myself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, come, right. coming at Steph and everything. So it, it's funny it come full circle that he's on the team, on the squad with them. So coming off the bench, backing up Steph. Yeah. Yep, exactly. If I was the Warriors, I would do it just for that. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> to be fair, get some more. Just for that, and that'll be the end of Levar Ball, honestly, because like now your mm-hmm. son bench player to play. You say he was better than. Uh huh. But you already know he, he's kind of falling. He's probably falling off that he's, he's switching over to uh Lamelo now because that's a he, he's still going to be the. Maybe you know, two, three, four years from now, you know, starts to emerge and maybe be one of the faces of the league. So he always going to be around trying to say something. We already know that. <laughs> but uh, the next one is not really a, a trade one, but a buyout rumor. Um, Andre Drummond, he's uh, been talked about a, a lot. Um, I think this is the second year also being talked about possibly being a buyout uh, candidate. And I think one the team that I guess would be the front runner is the Nets. Um, obviously, because they lost so much in in that trade to get uh, Harden. So, is that something or nothing? And do you think he goes to Brooklyn, or does a, another team, you know, try to uh, try to snatch him away? I think it's definitely something. Him getting bought out, uh, them trading for Jared Allen um, shows that Andre Drummond is probably not going to finish the season in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that it would be through buyout, thought maybe through trade, but you don't want to be a 27 year old buyout. Yeah, but he's on the last year of his deal. So, uh, you know, why not? Uh, I do think Brooklyn would be at the top of his list. I don't think he helps their defense, but he'll help them rebound. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's still, that's still a problem. <laughs> yeah, so, but they do. I mean, Brooklyn needs bigs. Go ahead and bring him on the end. Another former all-star, uh, so why not? Rebound he, champion. He, yeah, he'll definitely help them rebound. Um, so that that helps with Dean in some kind of way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got to miss to get you for you to rebound. Nah, nah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, if, if I, I definitely think it's something though, Jared Allen, his first game there, he was playing closing minutes, mm-hmm. so, exactly. So, <laughs> I think, it, it, yeah, it's the, the, the writing's probably on the wall for him. It, it's, it's about you know, time and come trade deadline, or like I said, maybe it might come by trade. I heard, you know, I heard a little bit about bio, but you know, they could, they could obviously deal him as well. But last time, what did he get dealt for? A second round and something uh, else, like a player or something like that. I forgot what Detroit. You know, they basically gave him away for free. Oh, I think it's definitely something. It's just something about Andre Drummond. I didn't realize he was only twenty seven. I thought he was at least 30, 31 ish. Remember, he was the youngest player in his draft. He absolutely was. And he's just, I don't know, it's just something weird about him. DeAndre, if he played 10, 15 years ago, he probably would have had at least two max contracts by now. But he just, he doesn't open up the court enough for his team, with, especially with how athletic he is. He doesn't move well for whatever reason, unless it is to get a rebound or a dunk. But he does help Brooklyn, uh, like say, grab getting rebounds. Not necessarily a rim protector. That was a big fight. Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of any other team that he would help for real. Maybe I guess the Clippers, which they got surged in, so like they really yeah. need them. What about um, the Lakers? The Lakers could use the backup. Be uh, yeah, they could. Mark could be the backup. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Lakers could possibly use them. I don't know if the Lakers got the money to make that work. I mean, that, but that's where the buyout yeah, come in. in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you true. buy out on 27, I mean, I'm getting about 20 million. I'll take a minimum after my buyout. <laughs> <laughs> a minimum and a, uh, almost maybe promised to ring for the year. Right. So. Yeah. I think another team that could use them just because of injuries, I think Portland can use them. I mean, I think everybody Portland can use anybody at this point. Oh, but, awesome. You're right. Forever needing a big, they could definitely use Andre Drummond right now, but he doesn't help them at the rail because of either though. He's right. another rebounder. He's a taller Tristan Thompson, in my opinion. <laughs> a younger, taller Tristan Thompson. So, loud or something, Brooklyn may be the best fit for him. Yeah, I see that as well. Like I said Brooklyn, the main team, but you guys just brought up some, some teams I wasn't even really thinking about. Like you said, Boston's forever needing a big, so it would be. It would be nice to see him there, but like you say, most are just helping with the rebound and maybe not protecting the rim. Um, and uh, it's probably a long shot, but if the, the Lakers were to get him, because I don't think, you know, it, it was nice. We know everybody, you know, I guess in the offseason, Martin going over there, his brother played for them, you know, he was drafted by them, but he traded for his brother, all that. Kind of like a little bit of storylines, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Nice vet piece to have, but, you know. I think he's just more so like now. I guess a little bit on the decline. He doesn't really help them too too much at the rim defensively. Um, um, you know, he's a yeah. little good. Yeah, he is still he's a good still passer. A good passer. Yeah, passer. I would say good solid passer. He'll get you. Um, you know, say few assists and timely buckets on the offensive end. But they could use maybe you know another rebound slash sort of kind of ish, not really rim protector. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a few teams that he could go to, and it'd be interesting to see if he does get bought out or like first said to. Uh, be traded um you know for, for nickels and dimes and we'll see. All, right. all right but last little uh segment i want to do before we head out um i call it i want to give a shout out and i guess for this segment uh in particular we can kind of you, you can give a shout out to um you know either teams or players that are playing just above par like way better than you were expecting um you know ahead of the curve any of that so any uh you know teams or players that you may want to give a shout out or honestly you give a shout out to anybody um anything that you anybody you see doing good NBA off or whatever the case. Man, I want to give a shot of Malik Monk for last night. And it was 36, <laughs> made nine threes. And then it was his first game back from, I think, injuries. So shout out to Malik Monk because he definitely needed that game, you know, just to help get his career back started again. Right. And I definitely – I want to give a shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers. I saw a stat. <laughs> <laughs> so I stat today that made me happy. With the regular starting lineup, they're 11 and 0. No loss. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I think I saw that because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely like to see that stat. So shout out to the service. Sir. I guess mine. Um I'm just talking about everybody that I picked up in fantasy that I just need I just needed help. Y'all don't even know what my lineup was looking like. Everybody was either somehow I don't even remember. I drafted Cat somehow first overall. I don't even remember picking him, but you know, it's whatever. He's been out, of course, unfortunately, with everything he's dealing with, COVID, injuries, all that. So I was scrambling to find pieces and then there was other other players I had on my team that were just kept getting their games pushed back because of COVID. So I saw Jordan Clarkson just sitting there as well one day, and I was like, he looked like he's putting up solid numbers. And I started actually watching Utah as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I can definitely keep him in the starting line. I can keep him on the squad. So shout out to – like I said, he hasn't really had no big game. I don't think he's, um, you know, had the greatest of big games, um, you know, as of recent, recent. But – I do know he's he's been a nice little scoring piece, and his averages are you know are shooting up, and he's probably a, a most improved candidate as well, probably along with Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant, and then maybe Andre Hunter. I know we talked about him earlier, um, but I just wanted to shout him out because 
he has saved my fantasy teams and got me some wins um last few weeks uh with his, his, his scoring um his, his scoring i just outburst so shout out to him but again appreciate you guys of course for you know being on with me coming on for another episode of Atlanta uh Atlanta Hawks fly through you know talking all things Hawks and of course the NBA as well um want to first congratulate you guys you know I guess not in person but virtually I know I did over um Twitter but you know you guys um you know securing uh showing uh on Dash Radio um so I guess I'll let you guys you know let the people know where you can find you and then also um about your new show on Dash Radio so uh you can catch us every Monday, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Off the Ball. Uh, not Off the Ball, excuse me. <laughs> that's that's team. Uh, you can catch us on Nothing But Net through Dash Radio uh, every Monday and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, every Friday morning, 9 a.m. on the Off the Ball Network's Facebook page for the Hoover's Morning Run. And then, of course, uh, anywhere podcasts are available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast and um yeah. You can yeah. follow us on Twitter at uh the Hoopers Pod and on Instagram. The underscore Hoopers IG. Right. So check us out. Check out the podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and every Monday, Friday, 8 p.m. on nothing but net uh radio through Dash Radio. Shout out to Dash Radio. That's definitely a dope opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, like I said, definitely follow these guys. Keep up with them. They're doing doing amazing things. And again, appreciate you guys always for you know coming on, talking ball with me, talking hawks. Um, definitely been a pleasure tonight. Everybody, of course, already know to find me um on Twitter at WTGMTM Podcast, on Facebook at What the Game Means to Me, and on Twitter, uh, Twitter, sorry, Instagram at What the Game Means to Me as well. Thanks to everybody at Off the Ball Network. Um, for those guys, you know, just being, I guess, being in our corner, um, helping put us, putting us uh, on the greater heights, and then also just, uh, you know, allocating our show to, to different places as well. So, um, again, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate you guys, uh, Fresh and John, for hopping on another episode, and uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Everybody have a good one. All right. All right. Peace out, man.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me, my Atlanta Hawks fly-through edition featuring the Hoopers, Fresh and John. Definitely excited to have these guys back on the show and definitely looking forward to some more collaborations talking about our Atlanta Hawks. Just wanted to give everyone a heads up and a disclaimer that we recorded this one live, so bear with us through any technical difficulties. But again, was definitely excited to have these guys on the show. We talked about our Atlanta Hawks start in their first 20 games, did a progress report on some of our top players, also looked ahead to some future games, and you know we had to hit on courtside Karen. So hope you guys listen up and enjoy.